from Indianapolis with an eye on every corner of Indiana. This is IBJ Media's Inside Indiana Business with Gary Dick. Presented by Ice Miller and Indiana University. The field house of the future. Now game ready after a $360 million facelift. We're inside the new Gamebridge field house to show you why it's a slam dunk for Central Indiana's economy, how it's driving new growth, and what's next. Plus, and this one's gonna go down to the wire. Old school Indiana basketball in John Mellencamp's hometown. The game plan to save the iconic Shields Memorial Gym in Seymour. The focus of this week's Endangered Indiana. Take one. Lights, camera, action. Rolling into the 31st Heartland International Film Festival. Why it's a box office bonanza for Central Indiana. Hello and welcome to Inside Indiana Business. I'm Gary Dick coming to you this week from downtown Indianapolis in Gamebridge Fieldhouse, right in the heart of downtown Indy, undergoing a dramatic transformation. This weekend, really one of the first opportunities for fans to come in and get a first look at what has been a three-year, $360 million project to create uh, what is being termed the field house of the future. The scope is really enormous. The second largest renovation in NBA history behind only Madison Square Garden. Now, there is new seating throughout, reconfigured, remodeled and expanded suites, a new entry pavilion, a new main concourse with all new concessions that will utilize cashless transactions. It's technology, a big focus of this project here. And also a very dramatic and visible change on the balcony level, including added glass to the standing room only area to provide dramatic views of the Indy skyline, as well as look down on game action. And there is massive construction outside the field house as well on what will be Bicentennial Unity Plaza and an entertainment complex that will include an ice skating rink larger than the one at Rockefeller Center. All of this feeding into additional major projects nearby that stand to transform the near east side of downtown Indianapolis. We'll have more on that in a moment. But first, all of this feeding into additional major projects nearby that stand to transform the near east side of downtown Indianapolis. And joining me now from Gainbridge Fieldhouse with more on this massive project, a potential impact as well, Mel Raines, the President and Chief Operations Officer at Pacers Sports and Entertainment. As always, Mel, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Uh, three years. A lot of work. What's? Uh, are you ready to breathe a sigh of relief after yeah. uh, this big project? Yeah, I am. We we had Post Malone last Sunday, and it went really smoothly. I think the fans coming really enjoyed the building, and we're excited. We've got a really full slate of events coming. I want to give people a, kind of an inside look at what they're going to see when they come down here. And Fan Jam, I know you're hosting that uh, on, on Sunday, uh, a big event, a chance, a big chance for folks to check this out. One of the most recent things, uh, up on the third third level, kind of the balcony level, uh, new seating throughout the building and things. But what's interesting to me is you've opened that up. Uh, a lot of glass, you can see the skyline, a lot of congregating and uh, uh, that type of thing up there. Yeah, part of what we really wanted to do was bring downtown into the building and then bring the concourses into the seating bowl. And the, one of the bigger things we did was this new Kroger sky deck on the west side. We took seven rows of seats, seats out and built a double-decker sky deck that will open at the end of November. And so it's got amazing views of downtown. And we think just off 
offers another way for fans of different generations to enjoy events here in the building. Can you, you know, we talk about the size, the scope of this project, uh, second largest in NBA history only to, to Ma Madison Square Garden. Uh, was there a was there a, a kind of a vision, an overriding kind of thing, what you wanted to accomplish? Because you did so much here, you know, seating, concessions, the technology, all those types of things, really, really kind of big stuff. What was the, the goal? Well, it started with Herb Simon really wanted to be sure that the Pacers were always in Indianapolis and Indiana. And so the 25-year lease extension is where we started. And we wanted to take this beautiful building that had such great bones and just modernize it. We wanted to keep the soul of the field house and create some new products for people to, to enjoy and then upgrade the seats and the concessions and the restrooms and the entire experience. And so I think we've done that in a, in a really nice way to keep this building uh, a beloved asset in Indianapolis for another 25 years. Years. Yeah, you're physically, you're going to see a lot of changes, folks, will they come down to Gainbridge Fieldhouse. But technology is, is a big part, will be a big part of the fan uh, experience. Absolutely. So a big part of the renovation was everything from new Wi-Fi through the building. So when we have a full house, close to 18,000 people, and people want to be uh, texting pictures to their families or posting on, um, on Instagram, you can do that in pretty quick time. We also added things like IPTV, which is just a, a better way for us to run all the, we have hundreds of televisions throughout the building. Mm -hmm. So things like that, frictionless uh, grab and go markets where you just tap your credit card or your phone, take what you want and get out. I think it's about a 40 second transaction time. So you can get back to your seat quickly at the event. And so we've just added a number of technological yeah. Enhancements. Well, you're talking, we're talking inside the field house here in these dramatic changes, but that's only part of the story because you go outside and folks will see activity, construction, and uh, Bicentennial Unity Plaza, an entertainment complex really coming to life, beginning to come to life. Yeah. Talk about that and, and why that's an important part of this whole vision. Yeah, one of the one of the things we really wanted to do was, was extend our footprint and to be able to activate much more year round. And so the plaza is that, Bicentennial Unity Plaza mm -hmm. is that vision. So we'll have everything from ice skating in the winter to hopefully roller skating in the summer, uh, basketball, community events all year round. We're hoping to ribbon cut that in May. We've got two great uh, sculptures that are going to be going in that I think will become must-see things here in Indianapolis when people come to visit or, or when you live here, when you come downtown, you're going to want to visit them. And then the new entertainment complex that we're building that will be done at the end of 2023. End of 2023, heading into 2024. Big chance to showcase this with the 2024 NBA All-Star Weekend, right? Yeah, we're excited to host that event. It's just got a great international presence, international media, and people from all over the world follow that. Uh, Cleveland, who just hosted, mm -hmm. had a $250 million economic impact from hosting, and we hope to, to do a little bit better than that because they were doing it during COVID, and hopefully we'll be well past that. Yeah, very cool. I know we're running out of time. There's a lot we can talk about. This can be, I think, will be a spark for other development in this area. Any way to, 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 to characterize the economic impact potentially, ultimately, over time from this project and some of the others that are going on in the area? Sure. So we're over $400 million when you take the entertainment complex, all the work we've done here. And then we know that the city's working on everything from the city market area, the jail site, just catacorner to where we are, the new Signia Hotel, the redevelopment of the the CSX building and the mall. I mean, we're talking about billions of dollars just right here in the heart of downtown. Mel Raines, the president and chief operations officer at Pacer Sports and Entertainment. Mel, thanks for some great perspective and an inside look here. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Gary.
Well, Mel talked about uh, some big projects uh, in the area and the potential impact. I want to give you some perspective, if you have not been downtown uh, lately, as to what these projects are, what they could mean in terms of impact. Right across uh, from us, the uh, old plain red brick former CXX building, about 100 years old, targeted for demolition in its place. Two high-rise buildings that could include a 225-room hotel, 250 apartments, retail space, about a 250 a million dollar development eyed by a group led by Pacers owner Herb Simon and just a couple of blocks away from their city owned property eyed for potentially hundreds of millions of dollars in development including the so called jail one side at Maryland and Delaware streets the city county building as well and don't forget the beleaguered circle center mall big plans for reuse expected to be released uh, in due time uh, there as well so after years of really not a lot of activity in the near east side of downtown Indianapolis poised for some pretty dramatic growth. Well, from big city hoops to small town basketball. Basketball is king, still is in Indiana. Mary Rachel Redmond is down on the court here at Gainbridge Fieldhouse with more on that. Mary Rachel. Well, Gary, from this, the shiny new fieldhouse of the future to Indiana High School basketball glory days. Have thrilled to Hoosierland favorites for the last second play needed to save this historic gym in John Mellencamp's hometown. And a familiar name in Hoosier Hoops on the Business and Beyond podcast. Dockich, not Dan, but his brother Tom, a key driver of growth near the shores of Lake Michigan. I always like to tell people in Northwest Indiana that Indianapolis isn't the enemy. And then people, in, when walking around in, uh, in, in Indianapolis or being in the legislature or whatever, I tell, I, I, I like to think I, I speak region. You know, because it's a different language. It's a, right. it, it, there's, there's differences in the way that you do that, that we do things between the two. Tom Dockich on pushing the economic evolution on his home turf, growing up with brother Dan, and much more on the Business and Beyond podcast starting Monday on InsideIndianaBusiness.com. Market Square Arena, it took just 12 seconds for 800 pounds of explosives to turn into a pile of rubble. A turning point for Indianapolis that would change the downtown landscape forever. MSA, as it was known, left behind many lasting memories, including Elvis's last concert in 1977, as well as many performances by Hoosier superstar John Mellencamp. Back here on the court at Gamebridge Fieldhouse, the field house of the future. Lots of renovations going on here that will be ready for the 2024 NBA All-Star Game. But let's take a look back at maybe Hoosier basketball roots and Shields Memorial Gym. I visited there in February for our Endangered Indiana series. It just sits there, empty. The more time that passes, the more the magical memories made here fade away. It's been here for a long time, and as you look around, you realize uh, the history uh, of what all happened here, you know, the games. Right back with it, and this one's going to go down to the wire. Shields Memorial Gym is an iconic Indiana throwback. A nod to what some might call the gilded era of Hoosier hysteria. 1,241,000 spectators have thrilled to Hoosierland's favorite sport. This was really the, the lifeblood of this community in terms of recreation and just entertainment for, a, for small town uh, Indiana. A time when young, old and in between flocked to high school gyms by the hundreds and in some cases even thousands for the social event of the week.
When I was playing ball here, I, as a kid, I thought the whole world was watching us. The whole town uh, was involved in our basketball team. And no one knows what it was like to lay some up here better than this guy. The one I remember the most, that's where I hit those two free throws to tie the game up. Baron Hill will be at the line with two. Most Hoosiers identify Baron Hill as a U.S. congressman. But in Jackson County, Baron Hill is a basketball legend. There's a shot put up by Baron Hill, bouncing good. Jesus. The students sat over here, and the old-timers sat on the other side. And according to Hill, not too much here has changed. I mean, it's a little dirtier now, and it has graffiti on the walls, and it doesn't uh, have that uh, pristine look that it had when I was playing basketball, but it's still the same, same gym. The fundamentals are all still here in place. The final game played at Shields Memorial Gym was in 1970, and believe it or not, still here in this gym, the original hardwood floors over 50 years ago. In 1970, our basketball team was undefeated that year, second ranked in the state of Indiana. We played the final game here in this gymnasium, so a lot of memories. If we can do something to save this place, I think it would be great not only for nostalgic guys like me, but for the community as a whole. Because uh, everybody can understand that there is a connection here with everybody in our community. And preserving this place preserves the connection that we have to this place. And that's the reason why it's so important for communities. Yes, I did serve in Congress and I traveled all over the world, uh, but there's no place like home and there's no place like the memories that I have here. Definitely an Indiana classic there in Seymour. And talking to Greg Sakula, the regional director of Indiana Landmarks, he tells me it will cost around $4 million for renovations there at Shields Memorial Gym. Gary, back to you. All right, Mary Rachel, thank you. Got to love that passion for small town hoops uh, here in Indiana. Well, coming up, a Brown County nurse on a mission to make wheelchairs safer, healthier, and more comfortable. More on the high-tech cushion she created and why it's grabbed a lot of attention at a big pitch competition. And I'll be back in studio right after this. This is Alex Brown. Get caught up on the state's top business news every business day with Inside Indiana Business Radio On Demand. This twice-daily podcast features our statewide Inside Indiana Business Radio reports with additional bonus content that you can listen to anytime, anywhere. You can listen now on the podcast page at InsideIndianaBusiness.com or subscribe for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's time now for Inside Innovation. Governor Eric Holcomb has wrapped up a trade trip to Germany and Switzerland focused on the life sciences and energy sectors. While in Germany, the delegation led by the governor and Secretary of Commerce Brad Chambers met with several of the 138 German businesses doing business in Indiana and also hosted an energy roundtable. Well, the agenda in Switzerland included visits to security company Dormacaba and Roche, the parent of Roche Diagnostics, which has its North American headquarters here in Indy. It was Governor Holcomb's 13th trade trip as governor. 
A big boost in Indiana's aggressive pursuit to become a leader in battery production. InPower, which manufactures lithium-ion batteries, now calls Indianapolis home. The company folded up shop in Phoenix earlier this year and officially opened its headquarters and manufacturing plant this week on the Indianapolis northeast side. TechPoint's signature career development extern program has received a $300,000 investment from the Indiana Economic Development Corporation. 50 tech startups that take par uh, part in the extern startup assistance program will receive a discount if they hire externs next summer. TechPoint studied the 2022 class and found that only 17 of 139 students were employed by startups. Since 2014, the extern program has connected more than 1,300 college students with summer internship positions with some 150 employers. To the business of health and a potential life-saving device, a high-tech cushion created by an Indiana nurse. It just felt like I was sitting on a rock all day. I could not relieve that pain. A high-tech wheelchair cushion created by a Nashville, Indiana nurse is providing much-needed relief to people like Cameron. The startup just won the national women's fast-pitch competition at the Women's Venture Summit in San Diego. Business of Health reporter Kylie Valletta here with more. I know it's a story you've been following for a long, long time. Yes, we've been talking for years. She's getting good traction. The wheelchair cushion is designed to prevent and treat bed sores, which are a major issue. Bed sores cost the U.S. healthcare industry about $10 billion per year and can be fatal. Wave Therapeutics says its wheelchair cushion creates a rolling wave of low pressure to eliminate hot spots by changing up the pressure points that lead to bed sores. A pumping action also helps move blood from behind the knees back toward the heart and lungs to be reoxygenated. The startup is in the middle of a $5 million fundraise. Founder and Chief Executive Officer Jessica Bussert says Wave Therapeutics wins many pitch competitions, but this one is particularly special. The focus of the Women's Venture Summit is all about women uplifting other women. It's filled with women VCs and angels who specifically and intentionally invest in female founders. And the reason why that's so important is, as you probably know, only between about 3% of all funding dollars go to women and minority founders in the United States. And this group is actively trying to make a change in that. And an Alzheimer's study at the IU School of Medicine is getting a major boost with a nearly $50 million grant. It's the second largest grant in the school's history. The money comes from the National Institute on Aging, which is the major federal program that funds Alzheimer's research. IU is already a nationally recognized leader in the area, ranking fourth in the U.S. in terms of funding from the NIH for Alzheimer's research. The recent dose of $48 million renews a national program called Model AD for another five years. IU is a major player in that project, led by Dr. Bruce Lamb, Executive Director of the Stark Neurosciences Research Institute. The significance is really about trying to accelerate um, the therapeutic pipeline for Alzheimer's disease, which is really the intent of this program, is try to develop models as well as do preclinical testing, so getting therapies into animals so to accelerate that process, we can finally, of course, get therapies into people, which is really what we're all after. Lamb says IU is collaborating with Eli Lilly and Roche Diagnostics to tackle the disease. Lilly has an Alzheimer's drug that will have its phase three announcements next spring. And Roche is developing new biomarkers and diagnostics for the disease.
Back to that wave therapeutic story. I think it's great. Jessica Bussert won that $10,000 top prize. Interesting what she did with the money. I've never heard of this. She decided to take the investment and split it among all the finalists. There were six wow. of them, so she's only taking a small piece of the pie. And also, this cushion is entirely made in Indiana, other than one tiny component, and she's working on getting that made in Indiana as well. Great story. Thanks as always, Kylie. Yep. Here's what's making news now around Indiana. Well, a well-known Family-owned Indiana Trucking Company is rolling in a new direction. Milan-based Baylor Trucking was this week acquired by Omaha-based Werner Enterprises. In 1946, upon returning from World War II, Chester Baylor founded Baylor Trucking with just one vehicle. Baylor will operate as a standalone business unit within Werner, which is one of the nation's largest transportation and logistics companies. Well, could the trend to remote work be an economic savior for rural Indiana? Lieutenant Governor Suzanne Crouch says maybe. Last year, the state commissioned a report from Ball State University, the state of the rural economy in Indiana. The Lieutenant Governor and Office of Community and Rural Affairs are in the midst of a statewide listening tour of 20 Hoosier communities to get feedback on economic challenges they're facing. Broadband connectivity, access to childcare, infrastructure among the biggest concerns. But the Lieutenant Governor tells me there could be an opportunity for rural communities to cash in on the increase in remote work. Currently, people are choosing to work from home. And when you can live anywhere and work, people, we believe, are going to start gravitating towards those rural areas for the reasons I already mentioned, the quality of life, the values. They're still going to be within 45 minutes of a metropolitan area. And so that provides great opportunity for growth and for economic development. The lieutenant governor says feedback from the statewide sessions will be used to relaunch stellar communities, a popular state initiative providing funding and resources to communities for innovative economic development efforts. That program could be back as early as 2024. And we'll be right back. It's time now for Ion Education. Well, demand for STEM talent continues to surge in Indiana and beyond. Case in point, check out Rose Holman Institute of Technology's annual fall career fair this week in Terre Haute. A record, get this, 283 companies showed up in search of interns or co-op students in science, engineering, and technology disciplines. 25% of those companies visiting campus for the very first time. Now, the push is on to keep more of that talent, that STEM talent, in Indiana is booming and we have a lot of emerging technology that's happening in the marketplace. We're also filling the supply chain demands that uh, have come about because of COVID-19. And then we also have a lot of uh, technologies being onshored again here in the U.S. So those are exciting opportunities for our students. Salaries for STEM workers are on the rise too. Rose Hallman says the average starting salary for its new graduates, more than $81,000. The Ball State University Board of Trustees has approved the transfer of more than 12 acres of land to the Muncie Redevelopment Commission. The university says the property will help the city develop up to 40 new homes just northwest of campus, generating additional tax revenue for the city and Muncie Community Schools. 
Well, lights, camera, action, Indy rolling out the red carpet for the 31st edition of the Heartland International Film Festival. This year's 11-day festival runs through next weekend and includes more than 115 feature films, 11 world premieres, three U.S. premieres, and 11 Indiana Spotlight films. Screenings will be held at locations including Newfields, uh, the historic Art Craft Theater, and outdoors at the Indianapolis Arts Center, providing a unique opportunity to showcase Indy to the world. I think people have an idea of what Indianapolis is, Indiana is, and they come here and they're just blown away from going to places like the Bottle Works, um, just the beautiful airport um, as well, too. I mean, every aspect that they, they come and maybe you would take for granted, not think about, uh, they're blown away by and they want to do business here. They want to come back to the festival. They want to meet more people. So that is really, really rewarding is to redefine Indiana in a very positive way. Well, since 1992, Heartland Film has presented $3.5 million in cash prizes, the largest total amount awarded by any film festival in North America. Well, that's all the time we have for this edition of Inside Indiana Business. As we leave you this week, to get you ready for the return of hoops at Gainbridge Fieldhouse, some Pacer highlights from last season. And don't forget the free Pacers Fan Jam at Gainbridge Fieldhouse this Sunday. It starts at 11 a.m. Plus Monday, check out the Art of the Game Open House. It's part of that dramatic uh, uh, remake at uh, the Fieldhouse. Dozens of pieces of art. You can meet the artists there as well. Well, thanks for joining us this week. I'm Gary Dick. Go out and make it a successful week. Thank you for listening to the Inside Indiana Business Television podcast. Remember, you can get the latest business news from every corner of the state at InsideIndianaBusiness.com. I'm Gary Dick. Go out and make it a successful week.